Good morning, everyone. You're tuning into the Morning Mixtape News. It's May 10th, and I'm your host, Benjamin Beadgan, reporting for CGRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Here are the top stories for today. The coronation of Charles III was celebrated in a lavish ceremony this Saturday, but we'll find out how communities in Britain's former colonies have reacted to the event. Next, we'll cover the tragic story of Jordan Neely, a homeless man who was killed by a fellow passenger on the New York City subway on May 1st. On Monday, the Ford government passed the controversial Bill 60, which allows private clinics to perform some OHIP-funded procedures. We'll hear from community health advocates about what this bill might mean for the future of the province. We'll end off our show today with a segment from Samina's show, Turning the Page, for this week's book recommendation. Now let's dive into the news. Those were clips from the CTV news coverage of the coronation of Charles III, where thousands gathered outside London's Westminster Abbey on Saturday. But for those living in the former colonies of the British Empire, the coronation represents the continuation of an historically violent and exploitative institution. In recent years, there's been a growing movement in the Caribbean to sever ties with the British monarchy. In 2021, Barbados removed the British monarch as head of state, replacing the position with a democratically elected president. The coronation has also given momentum to the Jamaican movement for total independence from the British monarchy. Speaking with Sky News, Jamaican government minister Marlene Malahu Forte indicated that Jamaica is planning to hold a referendum on the role of the monarch in the near future. The monarch is deeply entrenched in our constitution, but the people of Jamaica are saying, time has come. Jamaican in Jamaican hands. Commenting on the coronation of Charles III to the Associated Press, the Jamaican Anglican priest Reverend Sean Major Campbell stated, quote, Interest in British royalty has waned since more Jamaicans are waking to the reality that the survivors of colonialism and the Holocaust of slavery are yet to receive reparatory justice, end quote. When slavery was abolished across the British Empire in 1834, the British government paid out £20 million to compensate former slave owners for their loss in labor force, while the newly freed slaves themselves received nothing. Calls for reparations and the acknowledgement of historical traumas were not limited to the Caribbean either. Two days before the coronation, advocates and indigenous groups from 12 Commonwealth countries, including delegates from Canada, penned a collective letter calling on the new monarch to, quote, acknowledge the horrific impacts on and legacy of genocide and colonization of the indigenous and enslaved peoples. The U.S. has been forced to reckon with lingering historical injustices this week as well. The tragic circumstances surrounding the death of the homeless black man Jordan Neely have reignited heated debates about racism, the mental health crisis, and the treatment of the houseless in our society. Before May 1st, Jordan Neely was better known by New Yorkers as a talented Michael Jackson impersonator who frequented the city's subways and public squares as a street performer. On Monday, May 1st, around a quarter after 2 p.m., Jordan Neely boarded the F train at 2nd Avenue Station. According to multiple witnesses, after Neely boarded the train, he was in an agitated state. Speaking with the news outlet Curbed in Spanish, Juan Alberto Vasquez says, quote, He stood in the middle of the train car, and then he started yelling that he didn't have food, that he didn't have water. From what I understood, he was yelling that he was tired, that he didn't care about going to jail, end quote. It's unclear what happened next, but at some point, a 24-year-old white man, later identified as ex-Marine Daniel Penny, placed Neely in a chokehold, and the two fell to the floor. According to Johnny Grima, a formerly homeless man who witnessed the incident, 
Penny was told by bystanders that he needed to let go, that Neely may be in danger. After Penny released the chokehold, Neely went limp. The NYPD arrived on the scene shortly before 2.30, but they were unable to revive Neely. In the aftermath, Penny was detained and questioned by the NYPD, but later released without charges. Racial justice and housing advocates have strongly criticized city and law enforcement officials for their response to Neely's death, arguing that this case demonstrates deep-seated inequalities at the heart of the U.S. criminal justice system. The fact that Penny has not yet been charged for Neely's death also indicates a racial bias in the criminal justice system, a system which inherently perceives black people, people with mental illnesses, and impoverished people experiencing homelessness as inherently criminal, advocates say. Scores of New Yorkers have also expressed outrage at the city's response to Neely's killing. There were a number of protests over the weekend calling for charges to be brought against Penny. Dozens of protesters occupied the tracks of the Lexington Avenue and 63rd Street subway station, halting transit while chanting, No justice, no peace. In Ontario news, on Monday the Ford government passed the controversial legislation Bill 60, despite heavy pushback from opposition parties and healthcare advocates. Bill 60 allows private, non-profit, and for-profit clinics across the province to perform some OHIP-funded surgeries, imaging, and testing procedures. Those procedures include cataract surgeries, MRI and CT scans, and minimally invasive gynecological surgeries, according to CP24. The rollout of the bill will involve private clinics submitting an application to the government in order to obtain a license. That will enable them to perform publicly funded medical procedures. Ontario Premier Doug Ford and Health Minister Sylvia Jones defended the bill on Monday, stating that the bill is designed to address Ontario's surgical backlog, which piled up significantly during the height of the COVID pandemic. But hospital and healthcare advocates have been opposed to the bill since it was proposed back in February, arguing that the bill is a dangerous step towards privatizing Ontario's healthcare system. The Ford government has been criticized in the past for its administration of the healthcare sector. Ford's infamous Bill 124 capped the wages of public salary workers at a 1% raise each year, a move which nursing advocates say kick-started Ontario's current nursing shortage. Last month, Jim Stewart of the Waterloo Region Health Coalition told the CBC that, quote, Mr. Ford has created the status quo by severely starving our hospitals of funding by applying wage suppression legislation that's driving our nurses out of the hospitals. The Ontario Nurses Association echoed these concerns on Monday, and the union's president, Aaron Aris, noted in a statement that, quote, We have already seen for-profit surgical clinics and nursing agencies pay double the wages offered in public hospitals. This will draw burned-out staff out of our public system and exacerbates the staffing crisis, end quote. The Ontario Health Coalition has also warned that the bill opens up the healthcare sector to upselling by private clinics motivated by profit. Interim leader of the Ontario Liberal Party, John Fraser, echoed the sentiments of the Health Coalition in a statement on Monday, noting, quote, There should be only one shareholder when it comes to our healthcare system, and that's the patient. End quote. Now to wrap up our show, we'll turn to Samina, host of Turn the Page, for this week's book recommendation. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Turn the Page. My name is Samina. Each week, I'm going to make a book recommendation, and I hope it gets you turning the pages. Warning. The content in this segment may be distressing to listeners. Discretion is advised. Someone may be trying to kill you. Abnormal psychology professor Dr. Dylan Reinhardt's life couldn't get any better. He is a popular professor and his class is in high demand at Yale. He just published an award-winning textbook in Persuasion Theory, 
He is happily married to his husband, Brian, and the two have started the adoption process. He is completely caught off guard when Detective Elizabeth Needham interrupts his class to inform him of his potential impending death. The title of the book is Instinct. The authors are James Patterson and Howard Rowan. James is a well-known writer of mystery and crime novels, police and courtroom procedures. I have often seen his name as his books take up entire rows of mystery shelves. You can see the research both men have conducted in writing about crime solving and police procedure. This book is also graphic at times. This is the first book I read by him and I can see his appeal in writing an intriguing multi-layered mystery that keeps a reader's attention with all of the other books he's written and the books he's competing with on the market is incredible. NYPD is looking for the dealer, a serial killer who leaves cards at his crime scenes to hint at his next victim. The dealer also seems to be obsessed with Dylan. He and Lizzie team up to solve the case. Dylan uses his considerable knowledge about psychology to provide insight and observations with the case, and he and Lizzie make a formidable team. But something Dylan doesn't share is a secret that the dealer may have learned. The deck of cards leads Dylan and Lizzie to a journalist, a judge, and the mayor's office, and his re-election campaign. The mayor demands this case be solved, but he is also reveling in the attention this case seems to be garnering. The twists, turns, and quick chapters will keep you invested to read this book as soon as possible. If you find there's a book you want to read immediately, check with your local library and don't forget to check Overdrive for a digital copy. You can also check your local independent bookstore. If you enjoyed this book and want to share your thoughts or make a recommendation, please find us on Instagram at CGRU News. Thank you for listening. Happy reading.